we're going to be studying how the Lord Jesus Christ relates himself to a person who is determined to enter upon the supreme luxury of life, whether he be an ordained minister or whether he be a layman. And friends, all through this experience that we share with you this afternoon, may the Holy Spirit help us to know that every one of us can be a simple witness. And number two, that every one of us will be taken care of financially if we're not lazy. As we witness to the Lord Jesus, he will take care of us. He'll take care of every layman who will not be so obsessed with making a living that he forgets that his, his, his great privilege in life is not making a living. It's witnessing to the love of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the eternal life of Jesus Christ, the gifts of Jesus Christ. That's our business. Then he will bless our activity to make the living. He will do it. Now, if you doubt whether he will do it, if there's any misgiving in your mind, follow through this study. Will you then with me read the first, the very first gem? This is number three on the white sheet. Together. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18, 14. There is nothing too hard for thee. Jeremiah 32, 17. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke 1, 37. In what way does God want to show his impossible answers to prayer? as we what? Witness. We join with him in the great business of the universe. It's now in the closing days of earth's history. And in the closing days, he wants his people to have such a delightful experience in him that all the demons in hell will stand aghast. They say, look at that. Look at this group of Christians who are happy in sharing you they're not making their living first. On the other hand, they're not being lazy and saying, I want somebody to support me because I believe it'll be a lot easier for me to go out and witness than for me to work in the factory. No, no, not that. He wants us wherever we are to witness to his love, to witness to his salvation. Will he take care of us? All right, let's read the next one. Under number two, that text. Will you read with me? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What was Jesus speaking about that would be added? Our living, the temporal needs. If we seek first his kingdom, if we determine to witness to him, what will he do about our financial needs? All of them will be what? Now it doesn't mean we won't have tests. It does not mean we won't have trials of faith. We shall have great tests. Tremendous trials. You know why? Because the devil hates the Christian who's going to witness. So the devil will try to block our way. It's a battle all along the way. It's not going to be a rosy bed of ease. We're not going to be on cloud nine. But my friends, in every difficulty, God has his way of escape. And with God, nothing shall be what? Impossible. 
I pray under God, and I've been pleading with God today, that the Holy Spirit would impress us with this. It's not drudgery to witness to Jesus. Brethren, it is not drudgery. We ministers, myself included again and again, have presented to our people in the wrong light. We've presented it so much as duty, 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 that our people have never gotten the impression it's the most beautiful thing, it's the supreme luxury of the Christian life. And may God's Holy Spirit impress each one of us. And we say, what can I do? Anywhere we go, at the factory where we work, we can speak a word of hope. We can claim a promise with somebody. Wherever we are, we don't have to say, where, how can I take the time? My friends, wherever we work, whatever we're doing, you're in, a, you're, you're in a, an anniversary, a family reunion. When I go to an anniversary, a family reunion, or a little group together, you know what I'm praying for? The Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit will help us to witness and to show the love and the delight in Jesus Christ. And you know, for those of us who can't do anything else to start with, there's one thing we can do wherever we go. We can at least let people know that we're happy in Jesus. You know, a sadness is one of the most terrible animals around. They're worse than a coon. God doesn't want us to be sad Venice. He wants us to be glad Venice. Amen? And if we'll just do that, that's a wonderful start. If our boys and girls see Daddy and Mommy happy in Jesus, my, that's a tremendous witness. Isn't it? If they see that Mommy isn't quarreling with Daddy and Daddy isn't trying to boss Mommy, that's a wonderful witness. Tremendous witness. They say, my, daddy and mommy don't quarrel anymore. What's happened? Something wonderful has happened. They're happy. They actually smile at each other every once in a while. Tremendous witness. Tremendous witness. So remember that witnessing is not, like the man says, it ain't what people think. Witnessing is not what most of our people think. Witnessing is a delightful presentation, dramatization that Jesus is good that God is good, that God is love, that God is interested in us, that he cares, see? If we do it, and we make that the main mission of our life, and I want to call on you before this meeting closes for a dedication to this, to try it out and see for yourself whether it's drudgery or not. God forbid. You know, the devil tries to make us think it's drudgery. Isn't he a devil? He's a wicked old devil. In his presence there is what? Fullness of joy. It's when we dwell on self that we get so mean and cussed. When we're out sharing Jesus, there's a joy. Lots of trouble too. The, the, the dragon is wrong. He'll, make, he'll, he'll cause people to talk against us and gossip about us and slander about us and write letters about us and all of that. That's the devil's work. But there still can be peace inside. All right, see how much God takes care of us. We were sharing with you last, in the first service, about Andy at the age of seven. How many were not here Friday night? May I see your hands? All right, we'll just give a little review. Little Andy, at the age of seven, saw his mother when they were poverty-stricken and they had had nothing to eat that day. They had nothing in the home. She claimed a Bible promise, and she told them there will be food tonight. When they came back to the meeting that night, 
Between the screen door and the regular door, there was a huge platter full of steaming hot supper. Little Andy couldn't forget it. When little Andy went out, as he grew up, he studied this beautiful book from which mother was claiming a promise. He was falling in love with a wonderful savior. And as he studied, he found that the seventh day was the Sabbath, though he belonged to a church that didn't know it. He went to his ministers and asked them about it. He heard that, he learned that when Jesus comes, then he gives the reward. He learned that Jesus doesn't put a comparatively innocent person in hell and that person burns 2,000 years longer than another person who's committed many, many sins. He said, that isn't God. How did he know that wasn't God? He found God in the steaming hot supper. As Andy reached out farther and farther out for God, he found that he was being persecuted. That will happen. Don't misunderstand. The joy of the Lord, the devil tries to what? Counteract. He tries to cancel it. Don't let him cancel it. That's his business, being a devil. And so he lost his class. He lost his Sunday school class. And then he tried to straighten things out with a pastor over a period of years. He couldn't, and finally he just, he just sent the whole church group to blank and turned his back on God. For years, finally on the way to Korea, just, the boat was just ready to sail. He knew he was going to probably be killed because they were being devastated. Lord, please deliver me from going, from losing my life. And inside of 24 hours, the Lord delivered him from that boat, and he was able to serve the rest of the United States. And then he forgot his vow, Lord, I'll be yours forever. Went farther and farther from God enjoyed the sensuality of the world. And then, those who are here this morning recall that in the, somebody was challenging, somebody was challenging him. Is God alive? Does he exist? And Andy began to study to prove to his friend that God existed after he doubted him so long. And as he studied, he remembered what he knew as a boy about the wonderful Lord of the Sabbath, the wonderful loving God who will not punish the wicked throughout eternity, the wonderful God who said when he comes again he'll take us for the final reward. He won't send the wicked to hell and the righteous to heaven now. It would destroy the concept of the judgment, the resurrection, the second coming of Christ. And then you remember as he was planning finally, came in contact with the Sabbath keeping an evangelist, and he finally took his stand for the Lord, went through all kinds of trouble for now he was baptized. As he was baptized, a great burden was lifted. But something else happened immediately. And this is what happened. It's what happens to every person who falls in love with Jesus. He wanted to share Jesus. He was obsessed with the desire to share, to share Jesus. Not what, but who. Isn't that a great burden off our shoulders? Not what, but who. The what is only in describing the who. The nature of man in the state of dead is only to be given to describe who is God, what is he all about. The millennium describes he, who he is, what his plan is. 
when we know how, when we put him in the center where he belongs. And amazing as it may seem, in his case, not your case, in his case, he felt impressed to become a minister. Not, not a paid minister, a lay minister. They invited him to speak in different churches, which he did, and, and the obsession could never leave him. He said, I, I don't want to go, I have to go back to college. I have a wife and three children. I can't support them and go through college. I'll be a lay minister. And then as he studied more, he said, well, maybe what I need to do is to be a literature evangelist. And then he gave God a sign. Lord, if you want me to be a literature evangelist, he said, because I can't be a, an ordained minister, regular minister, I can't do it. I can't go back to school. There's no way in the world. But Lord, maybe you want me to be a, a literature evangelist. And he gave the Lord a sign, and he started walking away from where he knelt down to give the Lord a sign. And as he walked away, he said, now, wait a minute. <laughs> I hope the Lord isn't asking me to be an ordained, uh, a regular minister, but I suppose I ought to give him a chance. So he walked back to where he first gave the Lord a sign, and he said, and dear Lord, if perchance you'd like to have me to be a regular minister, then next Monday morning when I go to work, Help them to fire me. Now, I'll tell you why he did that. He told me why he did it. He said, I did that because I knew it couldn't happen. He said, and this is how I knew it couldn't happen. He said, my, the, the, the people I was now working for, he's getting a good salary, were selling out to a bigger company. But the bigger company had done this. They said, if you sell out to us, here are the things we want to do. We want Andy to work for us because he's a wonderful man. They had come to Andy and said, and if you work for us, we'll increase your salary $100 a month. We'll give you $7,500 in stock. And we'll give you 15% of all the net profit. So he said, they're not going to inspire me. So I'm safe, perfectly safe because I don't want to be in the ministry anyway. There's no way in the world I can do it. He said, he, Monday morning at Bowling Green, Kentucky, somebody walked into his office a few minutes after he opened it from, from Nashville, where the big company was. And he said, we sat down, and I said, how are you today? He said, fine, how are you, Andy? He said, all right. And he said, the man looked into my face and said, would you like to quit today or two weeks from today? He said, what do you mean? He said, I mean just that. You mean I'm through? Yes, you're through. No reason, you're through. Oh, how come? <laughs> you know how come? The Lord has the ability to do the impossible. Amen? Will he do it for you and me when we're in trouble? Yes, if we'll trust him. He said, I was so shocked that I wasn't ready to accept the sign that God had fulfilled. He said, my faith began to crumble. I said, no, no, there's, there's no way. So he said, my faith crumbled to such an extent that I called a company in Nashville who had long since wanted me to work for them. And I said, look, I'm out of a job. Would you like me? They said, by all means, don't talk to anybody else. We want you. He said, just to be real sure that I would have the job, I called another company who'd wanted me for, for a long while. Uh, I'm out of work. Would you like me? Yes, they said. Yes, don't talk to anybody else. He said, so I knew I was safe. He said, 
every time I tried to work it out with one company, they were calling me. One man came and stayed in my office for hours. And I wasn't there. I was out. I came back in five minutes after he left. Called him on the telephone. He was coming back. It was seesaw, back and forth. These men that wanted me desperately, we could never work out a contract. The appointments just slipped through every time. He said, I finally said, oh, Lord, you win. But he said, Lord, how in the world? I can't go to college. There's no way. He said, just about then. He said, because I just lost $1,000. I was getting a, jo I had a, a job now, but I, I was penniless. And he said, just then, somebody came over to my house and he said, I understand you're going to, uh, to college. And he said, who says so? They said, well, we understand you lost your job. He said, yes. They said, praise the Lord. They, he said, do what? Praise the Lord you lost your job. Now you can go to college and study be a minister. And they said, you know, the first man said, you know what? Uh, if you want to go up to Berrien Springs to look things over, your car, I know, is an old rattle trap. He said, I have a Renault that gives a lot of gas. I'll loan you my car. He said, but you need, no, he said, I've got another car. He said, the man had just left 20 minutes, perhaps, and somebody else came up and said, uh, I understand that you're going to college. He said, who said so? He said, you don't have enough money for gas and oil. Here's $10. He said, that man just barely left, and another man came in. He said, you know, I don't have any money to help you to get to Barron Springs, but I have a credit card. You may use my credit card to get gas and oil up and back. And he said, Lord, it looks like you're going to win. But how can I do it? I have a family of three children and my wife. And I can't take my children. I have a boy nine years old. I have a little baby nine months old. I have a little child three years old. We can't cart them up and back. And he said, in comes a girl. Pass, uh, Brother Andy, I understand that, that you're going back to college. He said, who said so? He said, everybody else is trying to get me there. She said, would you mind if I cared for your children while you're gone? He said, I turned to my wife and I said, the Lord certainly wants us to go. He said, we went up there, looked the place over, and he said, as we we're trying to get some work there, he said, Brother Garber said to me, Andy, one great hang-up. There's 75 people here looking for a house, and there's none available. He said, Brother Kuhn, I think within two days, there was a house. And we moved in. Many, I think, I think he must have cited approximately 40 miracles that took place. We won't try to share them all this afternoon. But my friends, one right after another, one right after another. One was when he decided to go back and get his furniture. He had nothing, no money to go back and get his furniture with. Somebody came along and said, uh, I understand you need to go back to Bowling Green to get your furniture. He said, yes, if I can. He said, I have a truck. You can borrow it. Uh, how much is it? He said, nothing. He said, I had $14 and some cents to get all the way from Berrien Springs to Bowling Green. He said, when I got there, I had $4 and some left. He said, I have traveled on empty for miles and miles and miles. Who is the God of the impossible? God is the God of the impossible. 
He's waiting for his children to say, Lord, I'm going all out in the supreme luxury of the Christian life. Otherwise, I'm getting spiritual sour stomach. You know, there are a lot of Christians that, who have spiritual gout. You know what it's all about to have spiritual gout? I'll tell you what it's all about to have gout, spiritual gout. It's to be so busy with things and things and things that we've missed what life is all about. Sharing the love, the delights, the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Among the miracles that took place that he cited, and I'm just sharing a few, he said, we got our home. And he said, Michigan was pretty cold for a southerner. And he said, we watched the oil that heated our home until it came down to an eighth of an inch. And we had no money. He said, and so we said, oh, Lord, will you please help us? We might just as well give up. He said, we got to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Though the Lord had done many things, we began to just crumble. Lord, why did we ever? You brought us up here, Lord, and here we are going to freeze to death. Doesn't that sound like Israel? Only an eighth of an inch of oil. And he said, my wife said, what, what are we going to do, Andy? And he said, honey, we'll, we'll just use the oil until it goes. Checked with a friend, how long will it last? Oh, maybe a week. He said, that, that little indicator rested on one-eighth of an inch of oil for three weeks straight. Don't tell me that God doesn't stretch the oil in our age. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A God who would do that for Andy, what will he do for you and me? You see, the devil wants to bog us down with things, all kinds of things. He wants to hypnotize us with these things and those things and other things. God says, look, rise above it. You claim promise. Don't be lazy. Every, while, every once in a while, we go into some church thousands of miles from here where somebody said, I just don't enjoy the work I do. Do you suppose somebody will support me if I travel around? I said, no, 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 no. God isn't looking for lazy people to witness to him. God wants men who get up and move and don't go around begging or even hinting. That's the kind of people God wants. So God can perform the miracle. What do you say? That's right. That's what he wants. And God is still on the throne. Don't you thank the Lord for it? This is the kind of a God we serve. He has never failed. He never will fail. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.